Hi, this is Kathleen Thompson from Mike Novak's house. You're listening to Smart Talk, and being smart means staying home. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees, strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main. Right. indeed. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. Oh, oh, I can hear you today. This is good. This is that's, good. that's a good thing. Improvement over last week. <laughs> Uh, he was thinking about donuts this morning. Yeah, yeah no. He was, Bakery goods. Nobody's thinking about donuts anymore. It's just, uh, I'm, well, maybe they're thinking about them. They're not seeing them. It, in, in our situation, it's always, um, right now, it's uh, how do I get this uh, darn ship afloat and get it on the air and get it rolling? And that's, uh, here we are, week five. By the way, this is my uh, one month anniversary of isolation at home. And uh, what I want to do is uh, I can grab this little camera and I'm hoping that, let's see, there's my uh, front and there's my daffodils are all in blue. Ooh, pretty. As, as you can see. So I've got a few of them out there. Um, I, you know, what, what I've discovered about daffodils, and we will be talking to Dr. Alan Armitage uh, in just a second, and now I'll never get the camera. <laughs> 
there we go. Yeah, it's radio. We don't need a camera. Uh, that's true. Uh, and look what I've got behind me. Our brand new uh, little mini poster. And uh, here it is. And as you can see, does it does, It reads backward on my No, screen. it's fine. It okay. Yes, it does. It says uh, home go or green go. So uh, on mine. But... Uh, <laughs> Maybe you just need more sleep there, Mike. We live in challenging times. They can also be challenging times for your trees. Bartlett Tree Experts understands that. And because their number one concern is safety, routine tree work will be paused during the COVID-19 crisis in America. Bartlett's commitment to safety means being prepared and taking the necessary precautions to ensure the health and safety of their employees and their customers. However, even during a stay-at-home order, storms still happen and trees need essential services performed on them. These include storm damage mitigation, hazard tree removal, deadwood removal that may endanger the public, and treatments to trees that, if not made in a timely fashion, could lead to the death of the tree. That's why Bartlett constantly reviews disease control and prevention guidelines to keep its teams and you safe. If you think your tree needs emergency treatment, give the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts a call. Because even in a pandemic, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. You can help celebrate the 50th anniversary of Earth Day from the comfort and safety of your own home. The One Earth Film Festival is putting the power of we online and it's free. The Earth Week Virtual Mini Film Festival in partnership with the City of Chicago features six films over six days beginning April 20th. Screenings are free, but registration is required. Watch a film and community online that discuss with experts via live chat on Zoom. Celebrate Earth Day with your friends. Go to oneearthfilmfest.org. From small boat to your dinner table with a quick stop at your doorstep. The seafood at Sitka Salmon Shares comes from a collective of small boat fishermen who respect the ocean and its sea life. They're a community-supported fishery like your CSA. Instead of produce, they bring you responsibly harvested, wild-caught Alaskan seafood. The fish is in season and reflects the limits of nature. You even know who caught the fish. It's right on the box. Sign up today. I did. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. Welcome back to the Mike Delvac Show with Peggy Malecki. There was our intro, and uh, and that includes uh, the good doctor, Dr. Alan Armitage, uh, in Athens, Georgia, where uh, he's uh, all tuckered out from doing a walk around his backyard just yesterday. I don't see the hat there, sir. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how how visual we are, but I... Uh, it's on the wall behind him. Got it anyway, just, just to be sure. There it is. <laughs> now we know who you are. That's right. It's my disguise here. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Uh, uh, Armitage is, boy, a speaker, an author, uh, and an expert on horticulture. He's been around the world, uh, been around your block as well, been around his own block, and been around a few blocks. Well, uh, that's it. Yep. <laughs> I already myself and having so much fun. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's been on our show a number of times. Uh, usually it's uh, when he's got a book coming out, uh, and you've had a lot of those. Uh, do you, do you want to run through just a couple of them? The last <laughs> one, of course, was, uh, uh, and I don't have it right in front of me because I was doing other things here, but you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, um, I'm not sure. Is, are we, are we, um, 
I know people can hear us, at least I hope they can, but they can't really see us, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh they can see us too. On, yeah. on, oh we, are, we are live on the radio. We are live on TuneIn and, and the streams, oh, but you can watch us on Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube right now. There, okay, I'll, I'll try and get the stuff out of my teeth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of cool things going on. Well, you, you mentioned the books. And, um, and, and I've again, got them here, like herbaceous perennial plants, Armitage Garden Perennials, Armitage's Native Plants for North American Gardens, yep. and, of course, the one I was speaking of, of Naked Ladies and Forget-Me-Nots. Forget me well, the, the Naked Ladies and Forget-Me-Nots, again, I'm not sure if you can see that, but this is this little book here. It's it's cool. Everybody loves it. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves oh, yeah, it. we can see it. Uh, I tell you, the stories are what people are just craving for. And if you like stories of naked ladies and forget-me-nots, tells me where plants get their common names. I mean, was there really a Joe Pie? And tell me why your mother still tells you to eat carrots. Has nothing to do with your eyes. And by the way, on 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 Veterans Day or Memorial Day, we sell poppies. I mean, why aren't why aren't we selling hydrangeas? I mean, why poppies? So where do all these things come from? So this is a cool book. You're really gonna love it. You know, why is Queen Anne's lace Queen Anne's lace? And what does a dog would have to do with dogs? So you're gonna enjoy that. Uh, the other books uh, on stories that uh, <laughs> you you mentioned is uh, the history of, of of some of these terrific plants uh, that we grow in our garden. This book is called Legends in the Garden. Who in the world is Nellie Stevens? Who in the world is Francis Williams? You know, who, who in the world are those people whose names appear on labels of our plants? Uh, who's Betty Corning, that great clematis? So we went and try and found, find these uh, people. These are all North American, mostly American people whose mm -hmm. plants we have in our garden. I mean, what, what's David Flock's got to do with anything? Um, so that's cool. <laughs> I don't know. What does he have to do with anything? I mean, legend, you know, these are people who I think uh, you would enjoy reading about. And it's called Legends in the Gardens, Who in the World is Nellie Stevens? Uh, and if you're really, really, really uh, looking for something that'll make you laugh, um, because it's, it's actually, unfortunately, it happens to be about me, um, it's called It's Not Just About the Hat. And uh, if I if I really were to, you know, do this right, I'd stick my head on. There you go. I am, you know, I mean, it's really scary. Uh, but that's like all of us, every single one of us listening or watching this has gone through the Yogi Berra philosophy of life. <laughs> and the Yogi Berra philosophy of life states that when the path forks, take it. Exactly. And that's how we all got to where we are today. I don't care if you're a, you know, you're a Indian chief or a plumber or a singer or a horticulturist. You had some paths along the way and they, there you go. So anyway, these are my paths. You know, I'm, I'm a kid from Montreal, Canada, who didn't know a petunia from a peony. And here I am <laughs> on this show with Peggy and showing you this crazy book. But it makes you laugh because it's as much about my, my good wife, Susan, as about me. So how we got there. And the plant books, Mike, you mentioned, uh, uh, for those of you who like uh, the in-depth stuff, uh, you know, the perennial plants for sure. There's a, the book is big. The third edition is, is what people are looking at now. I've got one back We've here. talked before about how the fourth edition was supposed the to come fourth out. fourth edition is coming out, I hope, fingers crossed, in uh -huh. May. So ah. that, ah. Will be, that will be updated on my website. By the way, anybody who is listening, uh, if you go to my, if I can do this, because I want to, I want to go for it. 
Do I want to get people to reward for out of the way right now. Go for I, it. I want to get people a reward for actually listening to us. Um, so if you go on my website, it's just alanarmitage.net. Alan is the correct way. A-L-L-A-N, alanarmitage.net. Uh, there's a little place to get books. And let's let's do a 20% Alan. discount, Mike. Alan! <laughs> not sure what that is. Let's do a 20% discount. And uh, why don't we just put the word Mike uh, as the little code? Okay. And we're going to have to wait till after the show because I haven't got it set up yet. But we'll give a 20% discount for anybody who happens to be listening to this if they write the word Mike on any of my books. Uh, and... Um, what the heck? Right. Huh? I mean, if they can stand us, we might as well give them a reward. So that's it. I, I, enough of that peddling where we can talk about other things I've done too, but we can do that later. Well, that's all the time we have. Good night, everybody. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Now let's. Now, now I have to play this again. Alan! 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 Alan. 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 Uh, do, do you know what that's from, by the way, Alan? I'm afraid to I'm afraid to guess. No, 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 no. It's okay. It was just a British series yeah. about animals, and then they voiced they put voices to them, and it's a like a little prairie dog going Alan, Alan. Uh, so it's hilarious if you look if you like if you uh, type in a search engine what funny animals or or animal voices BBC or B- yeah BBC yeah uh, it'll it'll pop up. It's uh it's it's really a stick. <laughs> Uh, and that's been one of our, and, and this is the first week that I've finally gotten the sound effects to work at home. Alan, Alan, Alan. <laughs> so, I'll remember that now. I mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, and you, yeah, you should use it when you go and, uh, uh, you know, instead of playing music on your intro, you can just have the, uh, the, there you go. The prairie dog. Yeah. The prairie dog call. There we go. So yesterday you were on, uh, the Facebooks and uh, you were out in your own garden. I watched it and uh you were touring your front yard and your backyard Mm -hmm. and i have to say one thing uh even though i showed you uh earlier and i don't know that anybody on facebook saw it but we saw it here uh my daffodils in the the front of my house which are in riotous bloom i actually have too many daffodils there i know you can never have too many daffodils yeah they're thugs i'll tell you they will crowd (laughs) out anything because they natural you know that alan they do absolutely Mm -hmm. Especially uh, when they're when they're happy, yeah. Yeah, when they're happy, I mean, they'll they'll just they will uh, grab a tulip by the throat, steal its <laughs> honey, and knock it to the ground. Uh, where, Wait, I thought that was a chipmunk. Uh, no, chipmunks will do that to, but not the daffodils. They won't because I. Yeah, they're not supposed to. Lie. See, Peggy has this problem with chipmunks in her yard. You have what kind of? Absolutely, I, I I won't say I hate them because then the animal rights people will be after me. But I. <laughs> If I put a crocus in the ground, guaranteed it'll be chipmunk food or at least chipmunk soccer ball. Uh, so I, you know, when I put small bulb, daffodils are daffodils are the easiest by far of any bulb. The deer don't get them, the chipmunks don't get them, the squirrels don't get them. But uh, putting in smaller bulbs, and you, <laughs> for me anyway, I mean, I got a whole restaurant. I, 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 you know, I got hot pepper I throw on the ground. I got garlic I throw on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got, it's crazy, but anyway, we, yeah, at some point you just give up and yeah. you hope that, uh, you get lucky one year and something comes up. Uh, but I don't have chipmunks here in the city. No chipmunks at all. I don't, I do not have rabbits there. I don't know why, because there are rabbits in the city. They're just not around this neighborhood. Um, I don't have deer, obviously. Coyotes aren't going to do anything here. Um, so basically I got squirrels. And the occasional rat. 
and yeah. uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a bunch. We can we can lend you. Uh, oh, okay. what, what rats? <laughs> no, no, you can have the rats, and we'll give you the chipmunks and squirrels. And, so there you were out yesterday in your garden, and I was jealous because things are leafed out. You you talked about, and you commented on it because I commented about your oak leaf hydrangea. Mm-hmm which is setting buds and it's going to bloom soon. And I thought, wait a second, mine doesn't even have leaves yet. It yeah. Nothing's happened. Up I here. know. I, I watched that yesterday. It was, just, it was, you know, wow. You guys are so far ahead of us. Well, you know, it, and it's true. Now, you, I think, well, you know, and your listeners should know that I'm a boy from Montreal, Canada. I understand North. I understand cold. I understand, uh, you know, waiting until May before we put out our tomatoes but um, where I am in North Georgia here, and uh, you know, we're in, we have four seasons. We still have winter. So that's why you're looking at a temperate garden. Essentially, you're not looking at a tropical garden. But yeah, we are at least a month ahead of you guys. But uh, you know, come, come July, when your yeah, stuff we, is fabulous, my stuff is going to look awesome. Yeah. What do you, are you, what, zone seven? We're zone seven B or eight. I don't even know what we are anymore. But uh, I can well, you'll, <laughs> you'll soon, soon be zone 10. Yeah, uh, soon be zone 10. No worries. Yeah, yeah. It, everything will be fine. And then Montreal will be zone seven. And then Montreal is going to be the, the tropics pretty soon if uh, we don't watch ourselves. You'll be able to move back to your hometown and garden just the way you do in Georgia right now. I think I hope not, but I think you may be right. Uh, before we go to break here, one of the, you know we'll, we'll get back to specific plants and that sort of thing. But one of the things you did is you wrote a piece uh, the other week, um, and it was called "There Is No Sugar Coating This," and it was sort of reflections on COVID nineteen and being a gardener. Um, in about two minutes, can you tell me what you were trying to convey? Because it seems like you're taking this very seriously, and it seems to have affected you profoundly well you can't help but be affected by the times that we're living you know people who are far worse off than we are people who have lost jobs people who are i mean it's just terrible Mm -hmm. and so we can say we can we can we can just be cowed by this and we can be negative about everything and life will never be the same but the fact is those of us who are here we have some things that we can do and do well let's say this whole stay put thing I consider this, I consider us both the prey and the kryptonite of this virus. We are the prey because if we're not smart, (laughs) it'll get us. Uh, We're also the kryptonite because if we are smart and we stay put and stay away from each other, more or less, it can't find us and it'll die. So, you know, we have the power to do something about it or we can, you know, moan and groan and not do anything. And, and so, yeah, and of course, gardening. God, are we so fortunate? What? I mean, we can actually get out there and, you know, take our anger out on a weed. Uh, you know, we, we can get out there and play in the dirt. And my goodness, uh, if, if we need one thing in this world today, we need something that makes us feel good, therapy, and that's what we do. So, yeah, uh, and again, I think I mentioned to you, Peggy uh, and Mike, that my dog. What? Okay. Hold that thought. We'll be back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking to Dr. Alan Armitage. More conversation when we come back. On a 100-acre farm in Minnesota, chickens graze in paddocks under perennial hazelnut and elderberry bushes. Annual crops such as beans and vegetables are planted nearby. Rocky Casillas is with the Main Street Project, the nonprofit that runs the farm. He says the farm's methods are good for the animals, plants, and the climate. 
the poultry and the perennials have this symbiotic relationship. The trees provide the poultry with shade and protection against avian predators. The bird's manure adds nutrients to the soil, and the perennial bushes help store carbon in the ground. To teach more people to farm this way, the Main Street Project offers bilingual training programs, particularly geared towards local farm laborers, who are often Latino immigrants. Part of that training is learning how to create a business plan, how to manage your finances, how to find markets, and how to care for the chickens, for the flock. Casillas says the goal is to provide people with skills and knowledge they could apply in raising chickens on their own or even in starting their own small farms. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Small food operations of all kinds, farms, CSAs, and farmers markets are going through uncertain times. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has just launched a campaign called Keep Eating Healthy, which features local food providers. Here's your chance to help our small farmers and their employees get through difficult times. Write to Mike at MikeNovak.net for more information. And you listeners, buy healthy, nutritious products from these local outlets. Let's help each other out. That's Mike at MikeNovak.net. Is uh, it's this little girl on the on the uh, Facebooks uh, who's just with her euphonium. Her little sister's with her. Uh, she's playing the trombone. Her little sister's playing the euphonium um, and dancing around. And they're singing the song. It's the cutest darn thing you've ever seen in your life. And there's just so many of these things out there. I don't know, Doctor Armitage. Doctor Alan Armitage is on the uh, is on the Zoom machine with us here. Uh, have you had a chance to enjoy any of those videos coming across uh, Facebook? <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's quite a few of them, and I guess in this time we better have a sense of humor because uh, yeah. some of the things we can all do. But oh yeah, there's a ton. Of, there's some fabulous stuff. Though. There really is wonderful stuff, and that and that's you know you talked about gardening being uh, an outlet for uh, yourself and your creativity during this time of pandemic. So is fortunately uh, the uh, the social media and all the stuff that uh, people are 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 doing. It's interesting, the social media thing. I'm really not much of, I'm really not big, big, big into this stuff. Uh, I, you know, I have a Facebook page, obviously. And, but um, this thing yesterday, this Facebook walkabout, Facebook Live. Yeah. I mean, I've never done that before. And it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was looking last night. You had a thousand views on, on that. So that's not so bad. <laughs> who, who would have thunk, huh? Who, who would have thunk? And if I could just jump in parenthetically, Randall? Please switch OBS. Thank you. Back to you, Alan. 
Peggy, you, you need the controls there. Peggy, Pe- 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 I'm doing a conversation. Peggy's monitoring Facebook. So, uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But, you know, we are on radio here, Peggy, too. So Exactly. Yeah. I'm just uh, monitoring comments. and. Uh, but, so, yeah, that, so your Facebook walkabout yesterday was great, Alan. Well, thank you. It, it was, um, <laughs> as I said, never heard it before. And we have a lot of, I say clamor, I guess that's the right word, is people want to do another one or want me to do another one. So maybe we'll um, announce something this week about maybe doing it next week. Just, like you said, Mike, the, we're, we're ahead of, well, obviously you guys and a lot of the Midwest and, gee, we're ahead of a lot of people who are watching this. And they're loving it. There are people in Maine and people in Montreal saying, keep it coming. It just makes us feel good. Uh, well, it, it does. So, I mean, people want to, they, they, they need some encouragement that this is going to be over at some point. Yeah. All right. And uh, I've got my own in my yard, my own yard. I've got my, my, my tulips uh, and my daffodils and um, not many tulips, actually, mostly daffodils. Uh, and in the back, I planted, uh, we talked about it last week. I've got seeds in the ground. I've got food that's going to come up, spinach and lettuce and cool. kale and beets. Um, uh, and, <laughs> of course, I'm still waiting for them to germinate because the ground's <laughs> been ridiculously cold. I've had the thermometer out there, and it can't seem to break 55 degrees. So uh, it's, uh, they're, they're not enjoying it. They're not, they're not being real happy out there right now. Well, the, 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 the nice thing is, though, that these plants are a whole lot smarter than we are, and they'll figure it out, and they'll pop out of there quicker than you can shake a stick at. You know, I put some bulbs in some – I love lilies. My garden's going to be full mm-hmm. of lilies pretty soon. And, you know, I just put them in a few weeks ago, and they're starting to pop their little heads above the ground uh, for this year's new lilies. And, of course, last the ones I had in last year, heck, some of these things are already two, three feet tall. So, they, you know, they figured it out. They figured it out. But, but the, the, the lesson I learned yesterday, well, I learned it a long time ago, the lesson that really came home yesterday with this walkabout, it was more about the therapy than about the education. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the comments, I mean, many of the comments were, what is that and how do I find that? And this, But many of the comments were just, God, this is great because it just makes me feel good. Uh, and that's what gardening is. If, as, as well you know, if you do it, if a survey and a survey has been done about why people garden, try to explain it to me in one word, why people garden. And the one word that comes up more often than any is therapy. It just makes us feel better. It, it does. But, you know, it's also physical therapy, as you know. Yeah. Because- <laughs> it's called working in the garden for a reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, you're, you're bending, you're stretching, you're lifting, you're digging, you're using all kinds of muscles that you don't usually use. And that is very important as well. So it's therapeutic in, in, in several sense of the word. And, and even now, when a lot of us are in our homes and using even fewer, getting less exercise, it's even more important at this point. No, I got the sorest back I've had in a long time. Uh, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> well, as you said, you're doing your own weeding now. So <laughs> let, let let a single weed pop its head up, and I'm there. I want to tell you that's the only good thing that's that this whole stay at home has been doing. It's uh, keeping my garden. I, I, I got to tell you something. It's something that had not occurred to me, which is people who have gardens, and believe me, I, I speak at garden clubs, and you know half the people in the room never actually touch a plant themselves. They've got their people to do it for them. Um, and I'm wondering, now those people have to go out and do their own weeding and do their own cleaning because they're not bringing people in to do it. The, the whole, I won't say a shift, the, the, what's happening with gardening 
I mean, in the last 10 years, last 20 years, maybe, you know, how, you know, people have changed from grandma doing all the gardening to people doing all the gardening. Uh, there's a huge difference between a landscape and a garden, as you well know. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, what you looked at yesterday was my garden. For better, for better or for worse, that's just what it is. And I could have taken an extra order to show you a landscape. And it's lovely. It, it's great. Mm -hmm. uh, they take care of their place, but it's not quite the same. And I hope that a few more people may get some dirt between their their, their hands and <laughs> fingernails, who knows? You know, the problem is, though, in this time, what we're dealing with, and we had an issue last week when I said uh, that folks needed to get some seeds from their local garden center, and uh, somebody got upset because they said, well, you're not telling them to visit your local garden center, are you? Uh, and that's and that's a tricky question because I know some garden centers are open and they're practicing social distancing. Um, I had uh, a friend of mine who works at a local garden center say so some people drove up and they started meandering through the garden and they asked the folks, they said, uh, hey, are you uh, going to pick something up? And they said, no, we're just sort of looking. And they said, no, you're not. Goodbye. You got to have you got to know what you're going to get. Come in and get it and get the mm -hmm. heck out. And that's the new uh, paradigm. That's the new situation right now. And it is. And I think many garden centers, uh, unfortunately, have been closed, uh, depending on yeah. what you happen to be in. But uh, those that are open, they're doing their best to make sure that there is social distancing, to make sure that it's outside-ish, you know, you're not crowded anywhere. And I support these people 100%. Uh, you know, but like you say, it's like, you know, you're not going to go to a restaurant to eat inside, but you can order and pick it up. Well, maybe that's what you're going to do at a garden center. But I'm, I'm a big supporter of independent garden centers. And yeah, I encourage people to go if they're doing it right. So, so here we are, we have a situation for somebody like you, who's, who's got a well-established garden and you probably have pots with plants sitting on the side you've been meaning to get to, you've probably got seeds stashed away someplace. You've got, as you said, bulbs. There are a lot of people who say, uh, well, uh, I've not done this before. Hey, maybe this is a chance for me to learn about gardening. The problem is they don't have the tools. They don't have the plants right now and they have limited access to them. That's gotta be a really frustrating situation. What do you, what do you tell them? Well, if they're living in an area, if they're living somewhere that has a, a balcony, a porch, a deck or something, I mean, it's an apartment that has a balcony or somewhere or even uh, or their home that they really haven't done any gardens per se other than perhaps turf, start with a container. I mean, goodness gracious me, this is the easiest way to garden. And they can actually literally, you know, call up their garden center and say, hey, can you just make me up a container that I'll enjoy? And most of these people will do that. And then it's a matter, really, they need water. Uh, and, and I mean, I mean, it is, it is, it, the problem, Mike and Peggy, is we've made gardening so darn complicated. You know, there's whole books out there for gardening for dummies. There's seven of them. I, mean, what's I, know. I won't come, I won't go near them. I mean, but what's, you know, truly it's not that hard. This is gardening. It's not brain surgery. Get, get a pot, put some plants in it, you know, and enjoy yeah. it. There might be fancier ways to do it, but you don't have to do the fancy way. That's it. We, it, it it's supposed to be fun, or at least it's supposed to be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't want things to die, of course, you know. That, but the fact is, it, if you start small, that's the key. Don't, don't, don't try mm -hmm. and figure it out. Right. That's, that's a really good point. Just start as small as you can, control what you can, and then move on. If you're successful, yay. Now you add something else to your plate. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're we're basically out of time. I want to remind people if they go to Alan Armitage's website, alanarmitage.net, A-L-L-A-N, 
Uh, and uh, by the end of the day, at some point, you can get 20% off if you mention Mike uh, there. Get one of his books. They're fantastic. And uh, you're, this is a way to occupy your time during the COVID-19. Alan Armitage, thank you so much for being on board and look forward to your next uh, walkabout. Mike, Peggy, thanks a lot. It's always fun. And everybody who's listening and watching, uh, let's stay put. There's a new urgency for people to grow their own food. And thanks to Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, your seedlings will be healthier with a better germination rate and faster growth. You'll get lower operating costs and higher yields. That's because the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They have a 50,000-plus-hour minimum lifespan, and they're made in America. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase and go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. The world has changed. A year ago, you were growing food because it was fun. Now it's important. That's why you need Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights. Thanks to the best science, the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They're versatile, they're elegant, they have a five-year warranty, and they're made in America. Peggy and I are huge fans. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase. Go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. This is Peggy Malecki from the Smart Talk Radio Network. One of the best ways to help out during the COVID-19 crisis is to donate blood. It doesn't cost you anything but your time, and the good it will do is immeasurable. Right now, fewer people than ever are able to donate, which makes the need for blood greater than ever. Can you spare an hour? Contact the American Red Cross today to schedule an appointment. Go to redcross.org. This is Mike Novak. For weeks, Peggy and I have been talking about how easy it is to support clean energy thanks to Hero Power. And now they're backing that up by offering you $25 off to join the Hero Power Clean Energy Program. You get 100% of your electricity consumption matched with Green E certified renewable energy certificates every time you pay your electric bill. Plus, you'll never pay more than the ComEd rate. You'll know where your money is going without extra costs or termination fees. Your bill doesn't change. Your service doesn't change. You still pay the ComEd basic electric rate. Sign up in less than two minutes and Hero Power will handle the rest. Plus, you can get a $25 credit off your first bill when you sign up and mention that you heard about Hero Power on the Mike Novak Show. Support clean energy now at MyHeroPower.com. I switched. You should too. Go to MyHeroPower.com. This is Peggy Malecki on the Smart Talk Radio Network with an important message about coronavirus. As we work to slow the spread of COVID-19, it's also important to take care of our animal companions. Have extra food and medication on hand and create a plan for taking care of your pets if you should get sick. Pet support services are more important than ever. Check with your local shelter or rescue to help them with a donation. Consider fostering or adopting a pet. We're all in this together. Visit HumaneSociety.org. And the world wars We're up the creek, the boat is leaking Still we'll reach the shore Cause we've been through some crappy times before Though we hear reassurances that Alright, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki And yes, as the song says 
we've been through some crappy times before, so we'll get through this. You you can fade that out. Let's take that out. Thank you very much. And uh, before we get back to uh, other biz, let me let you know about small food operations. You probably are aware of this, all kinds, farms, CSAs, and farmers markets. Boy, they're going through hard times right now. I read about it every day. I get emails every day. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has a campaign called Keep Eating Healthy, and we want to introduce you to a couple of farms. With a herd of about 75 milking does, Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery makes seasonal artisan goat cheeses and goat milk gelato with their milk. And by the way, goats are the coolest farm animals around. Um, and their goats are pastured, and the farm is certified animal welfare approved by a greener world. They even have a stay-at-home gourmet survival kit. Ooh. Uh, Peggy, weren't you uh, interested in there? I, I, I thought uh, you were going to pick up something, so maybe they'll be hearing from uh, Peggy Malecki. Yeah. Um, and by the I way... love goat cheese. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA is another uh, farm that's joined us. They feature monthly shares of beef, pork, chicken, and eggs, all humanely raised without drugs or hormones. A few days ago, Kathleen and I made the best meatloaf ever from their ground beef. I wouldn't buy ground beef from a chain supermarket on a <laughs> dare, okay? I'm just, I'm just telling you. That's the way I feel about that. And you can learn more about ordering local fresh food from these farms by clicking on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. When we all help each other, everybody wins. Go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net for more details. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing you can do to, uh, if folks are listening in the Chicago area uh, we just put up, and it's really interesting, and, and if you're in other parts of the country, this is difficult to find out, and that is plant sales. All these groups set up all these plant sales, and they, and they prepare for them for months in advance because they're growing seedlings and getting things together, um, and suddenly this hits, you know, the coronavirus hits, and all these plant sales Oh my goodness, there's a cardinal sitting right outside the window here on my sumac. Ah, that is just the most amazing thing. All right, see you later, cardinal. Um, anyway, uh, so these he, folks he was coming by to hear about plant sales, I think so. Man, I was coming Be by to because see they're still happening, they're happening differently, but they're happening. Well, yeah, the problem is you have to look for it, you yeah, have, you have to figure out um, who's doing what, and it takes research. Well, guess what, my team here in our area, did the research. And that is uh, uh, Mac Austin and Kathleen Thompson uh, did a bunch of research and they have put together a list of plant sales that are still going on. And I'm telling you, wherever you are in the country, there are plant sales that are going to happen, uh, as Peggy said, perhaps in a different way. But you should take advantage of that. The problem is sometimes you got to research it. So well, we put it all in one place. So the 2020 plant sale logo is on MikeNovak.net. You can go there, click on it, share it. Let's get the word out because uh, these groups still, some of them are raising funds to keep going. Um, a lot of them have that plant material 
that they've started growing and now they got to figure out what to do with it. And the way that a lot of these plant sales are going to work now is that you're going to drive up, they're going to throw the plants in the car and you're going to get out of there. You know, it's pre-order. Let us, you know, you're, you're not moseying around and shopping and la da di da that's not happening anymore. Um, you're, you're browsing online on their website. Uh, basically, yeah. And then you get there and you get your plant. So that is uh, a good thing. And we hope people take advantage yeah, of it. I just, just put course. it on the Facebook feed and, and I'm going to have uh, uh, ask Hannah and Kayla to put it up on Twitter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, if I could, I would put together lists for uh, the markets that were on other markets markets so that people knew what the what plant sales are going on and you know in rapid city and in state college and and wherever else missouri and yeah and and i would say if you're having a plant sale and you don't see yourself on this list please let us know absolutely absolutely do that uh okay something else that came across my desk uh just the other day and it had me scratching my head is from uh, Recycle by City. Now, RecycleByCity.com, you can go to RecycleByCity.com and then you can type in the name of a city and it has recycling information for your city all across the country. I, you know, I think it's mostly major cities. I haven't uh, tried to see how many different cities are on there, but they're expanding all the time. And that's uh, one of the uh, tools that's used in Chicago. We have, by the way, folks who are listening who don't know about it, one of the worst recycling rates in the history of recycling. Uh, this is just this is the way we roll in Chicago. And do you think it's going to get better Mm-mm. during the COVID nineteen crisis? Well, may uh, no, may no. Uh, it's going to get worse because I got the uh, well, and this is um, recycled by city, so they must be uh, referring to what's going on nationally. I don't think this is directed uh, specifically at Chicago. Although I did get an email from Alderman Scott Wagesback who confirmed this because uh, mm-hmm. he said, have you seen this? And I said, yeah, yeah. So I got to talk about it. Um, and uh, in today's Blue Cart News, they write a plea from our recycling crews crews. The skinny on recycling shredded paper and see why technique matters with hand washing. So they've got various things going on, but they write recycling crews are seeing a surge of personal protective equipment, PPE being placed in recycling carts instead of the trash. Why? That's crazy. Our help is needed to ensure that crew members remain safe and the recycling stream remains clean PPE items such as gloves, masks, eyeglasses, and gowns are not recyclable. Disposal wipes, paper towels, and tissues are also not recyclable. Holy smoke. Can you, that's just, folks, that is so dumb. I I don't even know how to respond to that if you're tossing that stuff into the recycling bin. That's, that's crazy. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, it's possible it's putting our, the crews at risk. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Other than the fact that it's not recyclable, people touch that at and, the, at the sorting centers. And one of the things we're going to be talking about uh, in the, in the second hour, for those of you who get the second hour of the show, uh, and you can always do that at uh, Mike Novak.net or, or watch the Facebook stream live on uh each week and we got a break here 
uh, we're going to be talking about some of the environmental issues that are happening across the country that need to be paid attention to while we're dealing with COVID-19. So stick around for that. Thanks for being part of the show. Those on the network, go green or go home. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make me music. Peggy Malecki. Give me all that I can. Hello. Good morning. Zyle. Here we are. And um, we, uh, in the second half of the, <laughs> in the second half of the show today, just keep singing. Uh, we're going to be talking about our environment. We're something that Peggy and I've been talking about behind the scenes for a while. And we thought, you know, now's the time we've got to, uh, get some information out to folks. They need to know what's going on. But before we get there, speaking of the environment, uh, what you're hearing on the show today are some commercials because the one earth film festival is back. Um, and, uh, give them both two dings, three dings. And uh, they have decided, uh, and they were talking about this because the One Earth Film Festival was happening just as the COVID uh, outbreak was happening, and they weren't sure what to do, and they didn't want people all together in a, in a movie theater, so uh, they gave it some thought and decided they would do a virtual mini film fest of the week of Earth Day, well, Earth Day being April 22nd. It's and the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, too. Right, 50th anniversary of Earth Day. And so you can watch wonderful environmental films for free, F-R-E-E, by going to oneearthfilmfest.org. Um, and uh, it's free. you got to register, though, so that you can get the code, I guess, to get in there. Mm-hmm. And then you watch a film, as they say, in community online, meaning uh, all of you will be watching at the same time. But then you can discuss it with experts via live chat on Zoom. Um, and it starts Monday, April 20th. That will be happening. A clean Re- Energy Revolution. That's the name of the film. Happening. A Clean Energy Revolution. April 21st is Earth, Air, Water, Fire. Um 
April, then the, the 22nd is the actual Earth Day. They take a day off. But on Thursday, April 23rd, 6 p.m., wasted. Uh, they're all at 6 p.m. as far as I can see. No, no, the, the, no, the first three are at 6 p.m. Then on Friday, April 24th at 4.30, why we cycle. Uh, on Saturday, April 25th at 4 p.m., gone. And then on Sunday, April 26th at 2 p.m., the biggest little farm. Uh, so it looks like a great mix of all the different topics of their films. Yeah, so good for them. I'm so glad that uh, they decided to do that. I also just got a note from our friend, friend of the show, Rick Moskowitz, who gets a ding. Hey, Rick. And uh, he's from A-plus uh, Pest Control. Uh, we do it like we live there. If I had the jingle here, I would play it right now. <laughs> I don't have it handy right now, uh, Rick, but he's open for business because he's an essential business. You know, pest control is an essential business. Of course, he does it uh, safely. Uh, and that's that's the reason we love him. And we love having him on the show. So, and Rick, I, I hear you're doing great and we're, he we're happy to hear that you're doing great. So um, that is another thing. Uh, going on one of the one of the things that's open for business one of the businesses that's open for business at this time plus there's so many virtual online things a couple of weeks ago remember we were talking with the folks at peggy notabart nature museum the field museum has all sorts of online learning uh many of our other museums the aquarium the planetarium so there's uh, new, new and exciting ways still to watch what's happening in the city, even if you're not there in person. Yeah. And I know that uh, Morton Arboretum starting to do some stuff online too. Um, and so is the Chicago Botanic Garden. Uh, yeah. Since I was so surprised last year or last year, last week that they weren't doing the 50,000 seeds. Okay. Coming up next, as we said, uh, we're going to talk a little bit in the environment. We got some folks from the... Uh, Natural Resources Defense Council to uh, join us in the conversation. Uh, you're going to find it interesting and probably a little bit disturbing. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Do you know that some kinds of landscaping services are considered essential, even during this time of stay-at-home orders to prevent the spread of coronavirus? Bartlett Tree Experts knows that, and they will be there when your trees need help. With spring storms still a real threat, you might need to have damaged trees or limbs removed at a moment's notice. It's a matter of safety for you, your family, and the public. In addition, what if your tree, possibly an ash tree, needs its scheduled treatment to fight off emerald ash borer or other pests? The good news is that outdoor landscaping provides an opportunity for good social distancing. And Bartlett's teams have all of the resources they need to employ safe operating procedures. After all, safety has always been the linchpin of Bartlett tree experts, and that's not going to change now. So if you think your tree needs emergency treatment, even during this crisis, give the folks at Bartlett tree experts a call. Because even in a pandemic, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. This is Peggy Malecki from the Smart Talk Radio Network. During the coronavirus outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food or help others receive it. Donate money or goods to your local community food bank. Support a local farm or buy a CSA share. Go to feedingamerica.org or ampleharvest.org or mealsonwheelsamerica.org. There's so much to do and so many ways to do it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. 
This is an American Red Cross blood donation alert. We are currently facing a severe blood shortage during this coronavirus outbreak. Healthy blood and platelet donors are asked to make an appointment to give now. Donating blood is safe and can help save lives. Cancer patients, accident victims, and so many others continue to need life-saving blood. Please schedule your appointment now by visiting redcrossblood.org or by calling 1-800-RED-CROSS. You can make a difference. You can help celebrate the 50th anniversary of Earth Day from the comfort and safety of your own home. The One Earth Film Festival is putting the power of we online and it's free. The Earth Week Virtual Mini Film Festival in partnership with the City of Chicago features six films over six days beginning April 20th. Screenings are free, but registration is required. Watch a film and community online that discuss with experts via live chat on Zoom. Celebrate Earth Day with your friends. Go to oneearthfilmfest.org. This is Mike Novak from WCGO. During the COVID outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food and help others receive it. There's the Chicago Community COVID-19 Response Fund, the Greater Chicago Food Depository, My Block, My Hood, My City, and more. Check out Illinois Stewardship Alliance, Chicago Farmers Market Collective, Green City Market, Naturally Chicago for fresh food resources. There's more out there, so find it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. From small boat to your dinner table with a quick stop at your doorstep. The seafood at Sitka Salmon Shares comes from a collective of small boat fishermen who respect the ocean and its sea life. They're a community-supported fishery like your CSA. Instead of produce, they bring you responsibly harvested, wild-caught Alaskan seafood. The fish is in season and reflects the limits of nature. You even know who caught the fish. It's right on the box. Sign up today. I did. Use promo code Mike25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. And I say, oh yeah, love clean air and fresh water on solid ground, right where I can stand. And I say, oh yeah, give me the flora and the fauna, that's a non-negotiable demand. Yeah. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. That's the fracking song, believe it or not. I saw that uh, Bill Turk from Playtime with Bill Turk and... Harry Kendall uh, sent that to me the other day. Uh, a friend of his, VR Sarti, uh, and his crew put it together, and it's really a top-notch song. And I promised them that I would play it as a bump, uh, an intro to the song. I think uh, Bill's going to play the whole thing either. I think next week he's going to play it because uh, uh, their show today is pre-recorded. Um, but you can hear Playtime with Bill Turk and Harry Kendall at 1 p.m. right here on uh, <laughs> Chicago Smart Talk, WCGO. Uh, and um, speaking of clean air and water, that's one of the weird things, uh, one of the weird byproducts of this COVID-19 situation that we all find ourselves in, not just in America, that's the other thing, worldwide. This is a uh, kind of crisis 
Yeah, one thing I will say, I hadn't thought I hadn't thought of it until just this second. It just popped into my head because I was thinking of the comparison to 9-11. Some people were saying you know, 9-11, that sort of thing. But 9-11 was it really hit Americans hard. Yeah, it hit other people in the world hard, but not the same way it hit us because we were attacked. Uh, it was an act of war. Um, but other wars go on across the world and Americans don't pay attention to them. Basically, Americans are they're provincial unfortunately they don't they don't really pay attention to what's going on in the rest of the world well now we have a situation where everybody's in the same boat this is happening not just here but it's happening everywhere across the planet and some and it's being treated with various degrees of success obviously makes you wish you were in new zealand at the time right now uh, but that's a matter of, that that's another conversation that's a different topic that's yes. a whole different conversation about the handling of this and i will i will say out loud because everybody knows it it's not being handled well in our country by our uh national uh our national government okay the state governments i'm i'm applauding a bunch of the state governments who have stepped up and done their jobs national government that's what I got to say to you. Uh, that leads right into the rest of the conversation. Yeah, but what same it leads, theme. Um, yeah, and what I was going to say though is that what we're seeing, because it's across the planet, is skies clearing, mm-hmm. water getting slightly better uh, in a very short time. It's all it's taken, and there have been stories, and I put a couple of them up at MikeNovak.net. I put them on my blog. Um, the most spectacular one, and you got to go, is a story from the Guardian. Um, and they do this split screen, you know, where you can slide the screen across to see before and after, um, mm-hmm. and they have the polluted sky and you can drag it across. So you can see the whole city polluted and they're in Delhi and other places on the planet. And then you slide it back and now there are blue skies. And, uh, apparently in parts of, um, India, you can see the Himalayas and, and they haven't seen them for 30 years yeah. on the horizon. It's amazing. It tells, you, it tells you something about what's been going on in this planet. And there's, there's some European satellite images. I don't know if you saw that are just incredible of the whole continent. Of which kind? Of Europe. Of of Europe. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've seen some of the uh, the 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 uh, maps and graphs of of where various uh, chemicals were released and uh, it has slowed it down. It hasn't taken it away completely, which is a little uh, discouraging too. But so in places in the world, we're seeing clear air and clear water. And my question is, how long is that going to last? And that takes us to (laughs) the, uh, the two people uh, who are on the show this morning, uh, JC Kibbe, Illinois clean energy advocate for the natural resources defense council, Mark Nabong, uh, NRDC senior attorney for the climate and clean energy program. Uh, welcome to both of you. Thank you for, for being on the show this morning. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Peggy. It's great to be here. Uh, good to have you guys here. Um, and I appreciate the NRDC uh, you know, turning you loose so that uh, you can uh, you come on the show. So, uh, JC, let's start with you. Uh, you've noticed... <laughs> Uh oh, that's dog not is- my dog. Ah, not right. mine. <laughs> we've, we've got a we've got a proficient uh, handler in the background here, Mike. So hopefully that'll be we won't hear any more from that guy. Uh, that's okay. No, mine mine usually chimes in. So yeah, that's right. I assumed it was a foley effect. Uh huh. 
And uh, let's start, JC, since uh, we'll, we'll start with you since there's quiet for a second. Um, you've noticed, you guys have noticed the same thing too. And, and I'm sure you're talking about it in your offices about uh, how we protect what we've got right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's already being twisted. So if, if you dare say, boy, aren't those uh, skies clear? And isn't this a wonderful thing? People say, oh, so you're against industry, aren't you? <clears throat> um, so it's all, it's always going to be twisted like that, isn't it? Well, you know, I think um, this definitely is not how we would want to reduce pollution, right? That, that's, that's not how, <laughs> how you want it to happen. Um, and I think your point about us being in the same boat, all of us being in the same boat is right. But I also think it's important to remember that some of us are in yachts and some of us are in canoes um, out there in this really uh, challenging storm. And when we look on our side of things with, uh, with some of the health impacts with which we'll get into in a minute some of the environmental rollbacks that we're now seeing proposed i think the upside is maybe this is an opportunity to do things differently to think differently about how we run our society once we get out of this can we do less air travel can we do more you know virtual online conferencing do we not need uh to, to drive as much maybe as we we thought we did what does it look like to rebuild our economy afterwards i think those are uh, those are all the right questions, but you know, it's not going to get us to where we need to go to just hope that this, uh, uh, carries on for a long time, unfortunately. Yeah, no. And, and, and um, I'm not necessarily against industry either, but I guess the point I'm going to make is that had this pandemic not happened, we would never have seen this. Yeah. All right. And we would still be going through the people, uh, in certain cities across the country and mostly the world, because actually we do better in the United States than than a number of countries who know that their their lifespans are being shortened mm -hmm. by the amount of pollution in the air. And for one brief moment, and it's going to be, you know, a few weeks, probably uh, maybe a couple of months, maybe three months or four months, maybe longer, depending on uh, if there's a, a recurrence of this virus. We get to see what it would be like if we actually paid attention to our environmental laws. Your point, though, is well taken, is that some people are in canoes and some people are on yachts. And that's that's very, very, very well said. So that brings us we can't control the, the laws in other countries um, uh, unless we <laughs> have a Paris Accord. Uh, where we we try to maneuver people in those directions, but that in our own country we are losing the battle right at this moment because unfortunately, what the U.S. government is doing, the Trump administration. Let's just be clear about this: the Trump administration has said, "Hey, wow, everybody's looking the other way. Let's uh, remove all of our environmental protections," and so they're beginning to gut a bunch of different laws. Let's go to Mark. Uh, Mark Nabong, um, I'm sure you, you know you're a lawyer, so you're looking at that. Apologies okay. for that. <laughs> I will. We'll, not, talk, we'll talk to you anyways. No, yeah. no jokes. No, no ten thousand lawyers on the bottom of the ocean or anything like that. Um, but um, so when you see this happening, what what um, what is the first thing that comes into your head about how we should be responding? Maybe you can uh, talk about some of the. Uh, uh, protections we have that are being undermined, uh, even as we speak. Sure. You know, I, I see, you know, when we, you know, you, you started off right, right? Like where you see, you look around and you see, you know, some of the clean air that we're seeing. And that's, that's just the visible stuff, right? There's a lot happening environmentally that we don't see. 
um, that's done you know, chemically, it's happening in our lungs, et cetera. But you see the, this, this particular you know, really tough period, right, where people are experiencing like outrageous you know, medical scares and, and fears and, uh, and, uh, and loss of jobs. I think one of the things that a lot of us here are in, it reminds me when I was like 18 or 19 years old once, I, um, I ate a kind of a dodgy hot dog place, right? And uh, I got food poisoning for about three or four days. Didn't feel good. Didn't eat at all, right? Didn't, didn't eat that much. Uh, lost a bunch of weight, right? Lost, lost a few pounds, you know, because I'm 18, 19. I actually had a metabolism back then. Yeah. Um, and it was good, right? Because I needed to lose the weight. Uh, and I remember afterwards thinking, you know, one thing that that, that food poisoning taught me is that uh, I can go without some of the bad decisions that I usually make as an 18 or 19 year old. I don't want to replicate the food poisoning. I'm not trying to glorify uh, eating the dodgy hot dogs, but, but I think it showed me that there are healthier ways I could go about things. And I think <clears throat> one of the things that this particular crisis has given us is the ability to look around and say, you know, we can make some certain, you know, some decisions that are different. And unfortunately right now what we're seeing at the federal government uh, is that uh, some decisions are being made that are actually more uh, detrimental uh, to our own health, right? So the the largest single uh, sector in Illinois uh, in terms of uh, emissions, uh, greenhouse emissions, is uh, is the transportation industry. It's more than electricity generation. It's more than uh, uh, it's more than uh, industry right now. And unfortunately, you know, one of the things that the current you know, White House has done is is roll back. Um, some of the standards that had been enacted under the previous administration um, that requires car companies to you know to put cleaner cars out on the road and to clean up our air uh, and and it's unfortunate because this is a this is a thing that impacts not just you know how pretty the air looks mm-hmm. uh, but when you look around it impacts you know climate change it impacts what our kids and grandkids our grand nephews grand nieces are all going to be breathing but it's also impacting communities right now as JC said. Some of us are more affected, impacted by this than others. You know, we look at asthma rates, you look at rates of respiratory health problems, they are predominantly in lower income communities of color. Um, and it's because of the location um, of them next to vehicle emissions and other kinds of emissions. So unfortunately, when this stuff is rolled back, it's really hurting some folks that, uh, that are the least capable, uh, le- that have the least resources available to deal with. So what's being done? I mean, okay, we can we could we could do a laundry list sure. here, and I have listed some of right. those things. You know, you just mentioned the rollback of the mileage uh, for for cars, and 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 let me be clear, I'm the guy with white hair in the room. I've watched the auto industry fight seatbelts. I watched them fight, fight airbags. I watched them fight mileage. I I rode in my high school in high school with a friend who had a Fiat that was getting 40 miles to the gallon in 1970. So I knew it could be done. Mm -hmm. And yet that was fought for 40 years, you know, and then finally in 2012, Obama gets, gets us to to ramp up a little bit. I mean, we sat at, at, at what was the, the the standard was like 24 or 23 miles to the gallon for what, like three decades. It was just. And even when it ramped up, it was still a compromise lower of where it probably should have been. Certainly lower because we have, we've had the technology for 40 years to fix it. But then we just kowtow to the oil industry and to the automobile manufacturers and somebody's got to step up. And so finally we make these incremental prog- this incremental progress. And what happens? You get this guy named Trump and he comes and he smacks it down. Well, uh, no one's paying attention. Well, no one's paying attention, but that's not the only thing. Um, and the other, and because, and we're going to run out of time, but we'll, we'll come back from the break. But I do want to mention 
that's just one of the things going on. The other is the EPA uh, being relaxing its rules right. all of a sudden and saying, okay, yeah, we'll let you pollute a little because you know what? You Nobody's got any money right now, so we really can't uh, have you paying yeah. attention to what's and, going into our air and water. And the migratory bird treaty law. Yeah, the Migratory birds are being, uh, uh, are taking a hit as well. So, uh, JC, give me, give me like a, a, a 40 seconds here on, uh, on how we start to address this. Yeah. Well, um, as you said, Mike, I, I mean, the Trump administration and their EPA are exploiting a crisis to grant a license, um, to pollute. Um, and they're not only exploiting the crisis, but this has really uh, direct impacts uh, on people that exacerbate a lot of existing uh, health issues. I think what is really tragic about the fact that this is happening right now, you may have seen uh, a study that came out last week from, from Harvard's uh, TH Chan School of Public okay. Health, finding that long-term exposure to pollution, to particulate pollution, significantly raises. I tell you what, hold that thought. We'll be back with Martin Nabong, J.C. Kibbe, and Mike Novacho with Peggy Malecki. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizewitz, and this is Climate Connections. Livestock farming contributes to global warming, so eating less meat can be better for the climate. And Luce Calvo, professor of ethnic studies at Cal State East Bay, says that eating a plant-based diet has a long history for many Mexican people. Our diet has historically been rooted in eating very little meat or sometimes even no meat at all. Calvo is co-author of a cookbook called Decolonize Your Diet, Plant-Based Mexican-American Recipes for Health and Healing. The cookbook is based on a Mesoamerican diet, a diet that's largely composed of foods traditionally grown in Mexico and Central America, such as corn, beans, squash, and greens. The recipes include, for example, green chili stew, pumpkin empanadas, sweet potato tacos, and enchiladas stuffed with potatoes, greens, and pumpkin seeds. Our hope is that our book provides plant-based recipes that are appealing to folks who have been raised eating Mexican food and are appreciating those flavors and smells and spices that are associated with their grandmothers or their great-grandmothers' kitchens. Calvo says this kind of cooking can help people connect with an ancestral diet and eat in a way that is easier on the planet. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Small food operations of all kinds, farms, CSAs, and farmers markets, are going through uncertain times. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has just launched a campaign called Keep Eating Healthy. Farmers, here's your chance to get the word out to our loyal, committed listeners in difficult times. Write to Mike at MikeNovak.net for more information. We'll tell you how we can help you market your products. Let's help each other out. That's Mike at M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. Oh, 
Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And uh, that's a tribute to the late John Prine, who succumbed to COVID-19 this past week. Um, Angel from Montgomery, one of the best songs ever written, period. And that is, uh, those are a couple of friends of mine, Jennifer Anglin and Ricardo Gutierrez. Uh, for those folks who are listening who know the uh, Chicago theater scene, they're uh, entertainers and uh, movers and shakers in the Chicago theater world. And so they, they popped that on Facebook and Kathleen said, did you see that? You got, you got, you got to listen to that. And I said, okay. And so I wrote to them and said, Hey, let's play this on the show. And they said, no problem. So welcome back to the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. We are in the midst of a conversation with a couple of guys from the NRDC, Mark Nabong, JC Kibbe. Uh, JC, uh, we interrupted you with a commercial. You were talking about a, a study uh, that uh, that is relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, okay, this is a study that just came out of the uh, Harvard School of Public Health, and it found that long-term exposure to pollution significantly increases the, the death rate um, for COVID-19. And so what we have is, a set of communities that are already disproportionately impacted by pollution, environmental justice communities, that even before all of this were experiencing higher rates of asthma and other respiratory ailments, higher rates of heart attacks, and all of that. And then on top of that, we have the COVID-19 pandemic and the crisis, which makes those conditions a further vulnerability. They're, they're being exposed to pollution. But then on top of that, we have the Trump's EPA uh, rollback where the very, what, what few rules we have to protect these folks, which are not strong enough as it is, are now being rolled back. And so it is just amplifying and amplifying and amplifying the deadly uh, impact of this, of this pandemic uh, on communities that are already hurting. And on top of this, often have lesser access to healthcare, are often in more precarious uh, employment situations. So this is really such an intersectional issue, as you said, that COVID-19 is laying bare so many inequities that already existed in our system, and it is just supercharging them. And unfortunately, the Trump administration's callous attitude towards environmental protection is further putting these people in danger. So um, it's, it's, it's disappointing for the larger uh, body of environmental protections uh, and, and all the things that we fight for at NRDC, clear skies and everything else, but it is also just hitting so hard the most vulnerable people in our society. And, and we're seeing that here in Chicago, too. Yeah. Sorry, Mike, if I could, on a no. smaller scale, you may have seen uh, yesterday the, the Crawford uh, coal plant in Little Village uh, was demolished. Uh, and you can go online and see there were some photographs taken from the air and from the ground of this huge cloud of dust that went up. And that kind of particulate pollution that was released when that demolition occurred is exactly the kind of particulate pollution that this Harvard Health study found increased the death uh, rate from COVID-19. So here we are in the middle of pandemic, and somehow this uh, demolition by Hilco got considered essential. Wow. And right here in Chicago, we are putting people at tremendous risk because of that. What the heck? You know, I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it. Is, is, is there nobody who will stand up to this? One of the things I look at is we had somebody uh, write to us on Facebook during the break and said, hey, is there an article in place where you can list all of these things that are going on? Because there's, there's so many. I mean, and, and, and it's one after another, after another, after another. And... You know, I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going to resist from calling them names, but the guy gets up there and he knows he can distract 
and and push people in another direction. Uh, you don't hear reporters at those COVID briefings saying, hey, why are you dismantling all of our environmental protections while the COVID uh, crisis is going on? He He's outmatched them. The press is no match. I'm sorry. They're just not because they're playing by one set of rules and he's playing by another set of rules and the big moneyed interests are playing yeah. by a completely different set of rules. They don't, they're, you know, they're. Yeah. Oil and gas drilling is still considered essential to auction off lands when no one's paying attention and to build. Another, it's, it's another one of those things that's going on right now. And, and so, uh, I put several articles on there. I've got a Washington post article and there's a, a grist article and, uh, the NRDC article and others up there. Audubon. But I haven't seen one either that just ticks them off and just lists them. Um, I know for a while, National Geographic, for the first three years of the Trump administration, was listing mm -hmm. all of the things uh, that the Trump administration was doing to hurt our environment. Uh, yeah, or Trump, had, Trump Watch, I think. Let they me put it, it was the consequences. They had yeah. consequences for our environment. They stopped. Uh, I went back and it had been months since they had updated. And I thought, what, did you give up? Was it too much? Is he still throwing too much stuff against the wall for you to even keep up? This is where we are. So what can the NRDC do, Mark? I mean, I think it, that the kind of outrage exhaustion is a feature of this. And if, you know, anyone who's been in, you know, if you're in, if you're in this COVID crisis, we're all exhausted because the news is so bad. For those of us who are in the environmental community and those of us who care, about the environmental community, you know, Peggy, Mike, and this includes you guys, there is a sense of like outrage fatigue. And I think one thing that, you know, we do at NRDC and I do personally is to say, look, I can only control like this bit that's around me, but let me make sure to be aware of what's around me. So you have to, you know, read the kind of articles that you posted earlier. You have to engage. I mean, I think one thing too is to, to realize that there are different scales where stuff can work, right? Like it's always better if this work is done at the federal level, right? By Congress, you know, by the White House, it's always better because it's it's coordinated, right? As we've seen in this current crisis and that those of us who are in the environmental community have seen piecemeal approaches to this kind of work doesn't work, right? Like you can't have one state have a great response to environmental or health problems um, and have the next state not because like people are still moving back and forth. There's still problems going back and forth. A smokestack doesn't know that it's crossing state lines, mm -hmm. right? So that's always better to do it federally. But at the state level, at the local level, there's stuff you can do right now because the stuff that we do echoes and it reverberates. Um, and I think one thing you see a lot of younger folks doing and a lot of people who are young at heart is say like, look, it doesn't, uh, you know, we expected the stuff uh, to be fixed at a, at a greater level, at a higher level organization, but there's stuff you can do right now. I think everyone here who's listening, if you go, whether it's to NRDC or to a number of other places, if you go and you can look and see what are the local outrages, right? Like what's, what's happening in little villages, JC your local so, outrage. Yeah. yeah. Go find your local outrage. In fact, we need an outrage page on Facebook. Yes. Let's start yes. an outrage page. I, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to make light of you, but you're right. No, I mean, it's true. No, seriously. JC, I did not see that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how I missed it. Probably because I was doing all this show prep yesterday yeah. and I just missed it totally. That would have had my head explode. I'd be picking up pieces of brain right now in my living room if I had so, seen that yesterday. So what can somebody do about that right now as a local outrage? So I think the best uh, resource uh, to find out how to deal with that issue right now is coming out of the Little Village Environmental Justice Organization. They've been really involved with the smokestack issue with the redevelopment throughout of the Crawford coal plant site. They were involved with getting that coal plant shut down. 
And so I, I know I have my ideas about this, but as with all issues like this, there is no better voice to be at the center of that conversation than the people in that community that are affected and working on the issue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they have been fighting this for a long time. You know, and Mark, you talked about state level. It, you just never know what is going to be more effective. The states are fond of saying, hey, we don't want the feds handling this. We know our state better than anybody. But yeah, you know, you're often the ones who are going to exploit the state more than the feds would. So yeah. that's not always the best solution. Sometimes you have to go hyper local, uh, like uh, we're talking about with with Little Village uh, and get those people involved. Uh, and so it's you just have to trust the organization you're, you're working with. And there's a lot of organizations that are difficult to trust because they make compromises all the time. And yeah, a compromise is the American way, but it, the compromise is always in favor of the moneyed interests. It's almost never in favor of the environmental interests. And part of it too, as you and said- And Mike, if I may, right. oh, sorry. I was just, if I may, I, there, I think there are some real uh, opportunities on the state level um, that are worth talking about too. I mean, I think first off, uh, I agree with what you said at the beginning of this, that there is uh, uh, hats off to the Pritzker administration for some of the leadership that they've shown on this issue um, already, um, in particular, uh, access to essential services at this time, uh, uh, heat, electricity, water. I was because of some construction, I was without water for just about four hours uh, last week in my house. Uh, and, and even that was stressful. And so compared to the folks that are, you know, on an ongoing basis, maybe lacking water in a time when we all need to be washing our hands, really critical. So I'd say they've done good work already with some mm -hmm. orders that they've issued at the Illinois Commerce Commission on putting a stop to those shutouts at investor-owned utilities. Uh, I know they have a lot on their plate right now. I think there's even more that can perhaps be done to help get people's power and, and, and water reconnected to make sure they have access to those services. I think at the state level, the environmental, the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency has a real opportunity to continue to do strong enforcement of our environmental laws and to protect our most vulnerable communities, even as the federal government is shirking its duty, which is becoming a recurring theme. And we're going to have to leave it at that. Uh, thank you, Mark Nabong, J.C. Kibbe. We're going to continue this conversation. There's never enough time to do it, but thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm sorry I got so long-winded myself. Uh, Rick DeMaio Weather coming up. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malekin. This is an American Red Cross blood donation alert. We are currently facing a severe blood shortage during this coronavirus outbreak. Healthy blood and platelet donors are asked to make an appointment to give now. Donating blood is safe and can help save lives. Cancer patients, accident victims, and so many others continue to need life-saving blood. Please schedule your appointment now by visiting redcrossblood.org or by calling 1-800-RED-CROSS. You can make a difference. The world has changed. A year ago, you were growing food because it was fun. Now it's important. That's why you need Happy Leaf LED grow lights. Thanks to the best science, the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They're versatile, they're elegant, they have a five-year warranty, and they're made in America. Peggy and I are huge fans. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase. Go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. 
In a pandemic, the power of we is more important than ever. That's why the One Earth Film Festival is presenting the Earth Week Virtual Mini Film Festival in partnership with the City of Chicago. See six films over six days beginning April 20th. Screenings are free, but registration is required. Watch a film in community online, then discuss with experts via live chat on Zoom. Celebrate the 50th anniversary of Earth Day with your online environmental friends. Go to oneearthfilmfest.org. Touch my face. What else did I touch? Ooh, baby, baby. Oops, I just touched my clothes and then scratched my nose. I'm not that disciplined. Yeah, neither am I. I I was wondering what that was going to be when I saw it in the log. Oops, I did it again. (laughs) Gotta love it. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki and Oops. Here we Oops. go again. We got to talk to Rick DeMaio, uh, who I believe is on the phone. You there, Rick? Yeah, I'm here, Mike. Good morning. And uh, happy Easter to you and Peg and Randall and all the other people uh, listening and watching. And happy you know what's Easter. funny? This was the, like the first mention of Easter on the show today because, uh, well, obviously technical difficulties, but it doesn't feel like it because here we are wow. sitting uh, at home. But uh, happy Easter to everybody out there as well. And last year on Easter, when we were sitting outside, and it was in the seventies and sunny. That's right. Yeah, that was that was the Sunday peg between snowstorms. We had a yes. snow event the week before and a snow event the week after. And uh, look what happened around here this week. We had eighty degrees on Tuesday, and then we had snow on Thursday. And then we're getting this monster storm system pushing through. And I heard you guys talking during the break about tornadoes likely today and. Parts of the deep south, particularly Mississippi and Alabama, but right now, a uh, pretty significant tornado outbreak occurring um, east of Louisiana, western sections of Mississippi. And you hate, you hate it when you have these, you know, potentially deadly tornado outbreaks on Easter Sunday. But what's really weird about this year is the possibility of having multiple fatalities is actually probably pretty low because people either, A, aren't traveling or people aren't gathering in large, you know, areas and congregations. Mm-hmm. So that's the only that's the only weird oddity about this Easter is that hopefully if there are any significant tornadoes, uh, it goes to areas where there's people basically hunkered down at home. And usually if you're hunkered down at home, uh, you know what to do more so than if you're out traveling about. Yeah, there's uh, there's ironies all over the place. They abound. You know, we as we were talking earlier, the irony, we're all stuck at home, but the sky is getting cleaner, and so is the water at the moment. And we were asking about how that's going to be protected. Know. And you know, and, and what yeah. happens? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and at the same time, just like we had with the president who was telling us about how he knows how to forecast tornadoes, or not tornadoes, hurricanes, He's now telling us when it's going to be safe to go back outside. And and when he points to his head as a metric, that's the most dangerous part of this whole thing. Uh, Don't get me started. (laughs) We we have no mimosas here, no Bloody Marys, no nothing. There will be one, I can tell you. (laughs) Sorry about that. But remember, guys, don't forget, he's he's already twisted around science before when he he extended the track of uh, Hurricane Dorian. So he, he knows everything. You know, when it comes to this. So, you know, this is what we're, this is what we're concerned about. Uh, you know, is, is, 
You just heard it over the weekend, or I don't know if you did it, but the administration has just opened up um, several areas to hunting and fishing. Yep. It's like they're trying to slip these regulations through, and no one's paying attention. Trust me, we're paying attention, Mr. President. Yeah, we are. I mean, that's why we had the NRDC guys on, and we didn't even get to the hunting and fishing, and that was on our radar, too. I mean, it's I'm telling you, folks, if you're not paying attention, it's all happening at once. They are taking the opportunity to gut no, any environment. I mean, not extending comment periods. No, right. Not extending. Com- I mean, on and on and on. You just you, it's there's so much of it that Peggy and I right. lose track of it. Oh, I don't. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, 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 what I mean is, is no, when I, we're going to talk about it, it's hard to list all of it unless you have the list in front of you. And that's right. what we need to do. Just go down the list and say, okay, they're doing yeah. this, they're doing this, they're doing, and none of it's good. None of it. Zero. I know. Yeah. I, I I hear you. So, so getting back to the weather, uh, if people are like thinking, wait a minute, this is like the second year in a row we've had really big storms in the month of April. It's actually not that uncommon to have big storms move through the Midwest with snow across Minnesota and parts of, uh, you know, parts of Michigan and the upper sections of Wisconsin. That happens every once in a while. Um, and you're going to get significant tornado outbreaks. So none, none of this is related to anything with the climate. Uh, but one thing we have noticed getting back to uh, the fact that the air is cleaner, people are driving less again. Uh, the, the trends are there when when humans are forced to do something, um, they can get it done. And even though it's had a, you know, a negative impact on our economy in so many ways, uh, in a strange, ironic way, Mike, you just mentioned this, the environment from that standpoint is, is kind of getting helped out a little bit. So there's weirdities all over the place. This is just one of them. Well, and I think what the NRDC guys were saying, and I agree with them, it shows what's possible. If nothing right. else, it shows that right. yeah, this yeah. this could yeah. this could happen again. We could have clear skies again. We're not, you know, because we're going to go back right. to the old way. And we're already. I mean, even in the midst of this, our environmental protections are being gutted. So, uh, does that give me hope for the future? No, not really. I think that once we ramp up, we'll be worse than ever, and then we'll go on our merry way towards uh, system collapse yeah. on the planet. Yeah, that, that's that's why we got to be real careful about going back to um, uh, going back to normal, you know, real soon. Uh, but by the way, real quickly, um, I was talking to a friend of mine at the Weather Channel, Mike Seidel, and even though you know social distancing, distancing is being practiced, he's actually on the ground right now. Um, in Mississippi, following the storms down there, and I, I think the storm chasers are out and about as well. But the good thing is, we're back to where we were 20 years ago at storm chasing. Only the real smart people are out doing it, not the ones that are going out just for a joyride. So again, another another odd, if you want to call it, collateral damage of of being of being forced to stay at home. Only the smart people are going out storm chasing today. Yeah, and if you're uh, in the Midwest here, you're not getting the storms because it's going to be uh, cooler. Uh, it's not the same setup for the storms yep. in the south, and uh, it looks like the next few days are going to be really interesting, eh, Rick? Yeah, yeah. So getting into the details of the forecast, there's actually two different areas of low pressure. There's one that's over us, and there's one down across uh, the Mississippi area. That one is actually hogging all the moisture north. So, again, we got our rain yesterday. 
the backside of the storm system, there's winter storm warnings all the way from Iowa into Wisconsin, the upper sections of Michigan, about 8 to 12 inches of heavy wet snow. Um, we'll get rain today, most likely a few showers after about 3 or 4 o'clock. Thunderstorms between about 6 and 7. And by this time tomorrow morning, what are we, 50 degrees now? We'll be about 30 with wind chills in the mid-20s, and it looks like we stay cool with temperatures only in the low 40s for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Even though there's frost and freeze warning to the south of us, it's still a little bit too early for us, but trust me, it's getting close to that dangerous time where you can still get some temperatures in the mid-20s, and we might actually still be in that range next weekend, guys. All right. Thanks, Rick. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. want to thank everybody on the show, Dr. Alan Armitage, J.C. Kibbe, Mark Nabong. want to thank Randall and Mike, Kayla and Hannah. Until next time, go green or go home. Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. 